Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to mini episode 278 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have two spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 5th of March 2023 and story number one comes from Tilly. It's probably worth me giving a little background information before I tell this story. My mum died when I was freshly a year old which led to me grieving very harshly once I was old enough to understand the extent of what had happened. It is not a period of time I remember well due to a lot of trauma blocking but there is one thing that I will remember vividly probably until the day I die. I must have been around 12 at the time and was sat in my room alone watching some video on my tablet when I felt my mother come into my room and sit on the bed beside me. She sort of sat there for a moment and I could even swear I felt the bed move. It was then that I remembered that her being there was impossible so I looked up only to be greeted by nothing, no one. The room was empty and I was alone. Similar things happened as I grew older, like I would be sure I would see her stood in my doorway, but when I would do a double take, I'd be sure I'd made it up, as there was nothing there. Sometimes it feels like she's with me during some of the bigger moments in my life. I'm not sure how to feel about it, as I've experienced many things in my home and life that I cannot explain. The visitings of my dead mother are only a small few, such as feeling the presence of someone walking behind me through a memorial graveyard, being sure I had seen someone following me only to turn around and once again be greeted by thin air. Perhaps my experiences when I was very small led me to be more open to the paranormal, or perhaps my mind has a tendency to play tricks on me. Whatever the reasoning behind it, I will still tell the tale of the time my mother came and sat beside me years after her death. I suppose I find comfort in the thought that I am not always alone, knowing that she is there when I need her. I am so glad that you find comfort in the fact that she is there looking out for you, stepping right along beside you, coming to check on you. I mean, for her to die when her child was at such a young age must have been such a wrench. And I do think that these stories of loved ones coming back to look out for the people that they have left behind are so powerful and so important. And like I said, I'm glad that you find comfort in it. And I'm happy that she's found a way to look out for you, even after death. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And story number two comes from Abby. I have a story for you taken from a dream I had a few years ago. Now I know some people will roll their eyes at a story taken from a dream. But for me, like so many of my dreams, the narrative I get from them sometimes is so strong it feels like I'm watching a movie or being told a really detailed story around a campfire. I've taken it upon myself to record these more vivid dreams and I've begun the process of tweaking and researching them where needed and have made them into a book of short stories but I still have more to do. This particular story is one that stuck with me as it had some basis within a real-world disastrous event and just hung with me for days. I hope you enjoy it. In the Bay of Bengal, northeast of the Indian Ocean, lies the Andaman and Nicobar Islands. There are a total of 572 islands in this remote area under Indian Union territory, stretching some 1,000 kilometres The vast majority of this archipelago is mountainous and covered with dense tropical forest. Out of the hundreds of islands, only about two dozen of the northern Andaman Islands are inhabited, supporting human settlements, and only 12 of the southern Nicobar Islands. Of those islets that are populated, most can be visited by locals and tourists alike by boat. This area has a broad spectrum of flora and fauna, some of which are pandemic to the north but not the south and vice versa. These include various large trees, tree ferns and mangroves. During the 2004 tsunami, some recent reports state up to 97% of the mangroves were destroyed during this disaster. Land was engulfed by water and the coast was stripped of trees with landmass physically rising by 1-2 to two metres in height, caused by the shifting plates of the Earth's crust. This group of islands are inhabited by only a few dozen terrestrial and marine mammals and over 200 species of birds, some of which are exclusive to the islands, including spotted deer, civets, shrews, whales, dolphins, dugongs and wild pig, which is particularly widespread across the area. There are also numerous types of snakes, lizards, saltwater crocodiles, fish turtles and sea snakes, which are abundant on the coast. Although filled with a rich variety of wildlife, There are many species yet to be systematically documented. This is due to a handful of these islands being home to fiercely private indigenous people of vulnerable tribal groups, in particular the North Sentinel Island. This is home to the Sentinelese people. They have survived and thrived for some 50,000 years, alone and without interference, proving to be private and somewhat hostile to the outside world. So little is known about the Sentinelese people, that it is not known for certain what language they speak, how many reside there or what the island actually looks like. 
According to a 2011 census conducted by Indian government officials by boat on the coast of the island, it is estimated that there are probably between 80 and 150 people on North Sentinel Island, although it could be as high as 500 or as few as 15. Several attempts have been made over the generations to make contact with the Sentinelese people at the coast of their island. Attempting to communicate and leave gifts of aluminium, cookware, pottery, live pigs and children's toys only to be met with mixed reactions including being shot at with arrows, multi-pronged spears and defecation being used as missiles. Care must be taken by any outsider when making such attempts to communicate, not only for their own safety but also for the welfare of the islanders. Living such a remote life means they would have no immunity to visitors, not even against the common cold which could prove to be deadly. Nearby tribes have been wiped out by such mistakes in the past, and who is to say that such attempts by past visitors would have been entirely friendly? It makes you wonder then the validity for the Sentinelese hostility. After the great tsunami of 2004, some 230,000 people died after the powerful undersea earthquake and around 2 million people were displaced due to the catastrophic events. It was shortly after this that reports were made about a boy discovered nearby, supposedly washed ashore on Rutland Island at Cobra Beach. It was claimed by local amateur scientists who were on an investigative trip visiting the island to record what damage had been done to the wildlife and surrounding land, that they had come across what they later described and became known locally as the Flower Boy. He was found naked and unconscious, washed ashore and only referenced as male due to his facial hair, that resembled a beard. In every other way he appeared to be a human boy, but in fact he had no genitalia of either male nor female, no belly button and his finger and toes were short and unusually stubby in their appearance and without fingernails or toenails. He looked to be at the age of a young man in his late teens, but after some difficult translation he declared himself to be only several weeks old. The trio of scientific investigators, one woman and two men, cared for the boy at a small derelict research hut on the island. Between them they spoke variants of Hindi and the Adamanese tribal languages and were able to crudely communicate with the young boy. He went on to describe himself as the boy of flower. The story they retrieved from him was one of utter disbelief. Through the rudimentary translation it was claimed that he was the offspring of a large indigenous plant that flowers so rarely it happens only once in a century into an enormous orange bloom that resembles large sweeping lilies. The people of North Sentinel worship the plant and only a small number of buds appear which result in usually just one but very rare full bloom that ripens into a fruit. Once it has fully matured the fruit is harvested by the tribe's people and worshipped for several days before being cooked and consumed in its most ripened state. This boy claimed that he was this fruit. When questioned about the potential cannibalism of this ritual, he continued to explain through translation that as he was a product of a plant, it was in fact not cannibalism at all but an action of a herbivore. Due to this devastation caused by the Asian tsunami and the remoteness of the location, Resources for this one boy were overlooked and no medical testing or scientific intervention could be acquired in time. When he was found and initially cared for, he seemed healthy and alert, but after several days he began to show increasing signs of tiredness and became weaker and weaker and aged at a disturbing rate. 
reportedly looking like he had wilted before he ultimately passed away. They maintain his body dried out at an alarming rate, decomposing so quickly that his remains became fragile and brittle like dry leaves. His delicate corpse deteriorated further when attempts were made to move it and it broke down into an organic dust that was likened to dried out compost. No physical evidence could be recorded due to delays caused by the earthquake and the three amateur scientists still declare that what they witnessed was true but refused to go public with their story for fear of being ridiculed. In 1956, the government of India declared the entire island and its surrounding waters a tribal reserve, extending three nautical miles from the island to be an exclusion zone under the provisions of the Andaman and Nicobar Protection of Aboriginal Tribes Regulation. This was extended to five nautical miles in the early 1990s. It further maintains a constant armed patrol to prevent intrusions by outsiders. Photography is prohibited. The Sentinelese have consistently refused any interaction with the outside world over the years, continuing to be hostile to outsiders and are well reported to have killed people who approached or landed on the island. Therefore, no attempt has been made to investigate the validity of these claims. Several days after the tsunami hit, an Indian Coast Guard helicopter flew over the North Sentinel Island to search for signs of survival. It was greeted by a lone Sentinel tribesman who took aim with an arrow at the helicopter. Evidently, they had survived the earthquake and its after effects. What a great story. And I, I'm aware that that story came from your the, the recesses of your brain when you were dreaming. That's absolutely incredible. Um, for those of you who don't know, like the island of the, the North Sentinel Island is inhabited by people who are very hostile to outsiders coming in and who can blame them, right? There's so much information about them online. They're so, it's such an interesting story. And I think like massive respect to the Indian government for saying, no, it is a protected zone. You can't go within five kilometers or whatever it is of the island. Obviously, people still try, which drives me insane when I read stories about people who have tried to get onto the island. I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. If short stories of this kind of ilk sound like they are up your street, then I will leave the link to Abby's book uh, in the description of this episode. It's called Tales of Twilight Visions, a collection of short stories. As you guys know, I love a cryptid or anything weird and wonderful. What I wouldn't give for there to be found a person who is half plant, half person. Oh, it would just make my life. I mean, if any cryptid was found to be real, I'd be so happy. But uh, this is cryptid energy and I'm into it. Abby, I just, in this instance, I'm going to hope that your dream comes true. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Tilly and Abby for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story comes from the 5th of March, 2023. And if you'd like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. 
Rory and Kid here from the award-winning podcast, This Paranormal Life. Every week we investigate a paranormal story and decide if it's real or a hoax. Like the time a guy claimed he punched Bigfoot. Or when a UFO showed up at a football game in front of thousands of people. Each episode has sound effects, music, and storytelling that feels so real, you'll never sleep again. You will. Stop it. You're going to scare away new listeners. Check out This Paranormal Life every Tuesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts.